0: Act One of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org a Recording by Tony Addison All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare Act One, Scene One, Roussillon, A Room in the Countess's Palace Enter Bertram, the Countess of Roussillon, Helena, and Lafeu, all in black. COUNTESS in delivering my son from me, I bury a second husband. Bertram. And I, in going, madam, weep o'er my father's death anew. But I must attend his majesty's command, to whom I am now in ward, evermore in subjection. Lafeu you shall find of the king a husband madam you sir a father he that so generally is at all times good must of necessity hold his virtue to you whose worthiness would stir it up where it wanted rather than lack it where there is such abundance Countess what hope is there of his majesty's amendment lafeu he hath abandoned his positions madam under whose practices he hath persecuted time with hope and finds no other advantage in the process but only the losing of hope by time countess this young gentlewoman had a father oh that had how sad a passage tis whose skill was almost as great as his honesty had it stretched so far would have made nature immortal and death should have play for lack of work. would for the king's sake he were living i think it would be the death of the king's disease how called you the man you speak of, madam? Countess. He was famous, sir, in his profession, and it was his great right to be so. Charard de Narbon. Lafeu. He was excellent indeed, madam. The king very lately spoke of him, admiringly and mourningly he was skilful enough to have lived still if knowledge could be set up against mortality bertram what is it my good lord the king languishes of lafeu a fistula my lord bertram i heard not of it before lafeu i would it were not notorious was this gentlewoman the daughter of gerard de Nobon? countess his sole child my lord and bequeathed to my overlooking i have those hopes of her good that her education promises her dispositions she inherits which makes fair gifts fairer for where an unclean mind carries virtuous qualities, Their commendations go with pity, Or they are virtues and traitors too. In her they are the better for their simpleness. She derives her honesty and achieves her goodness. Lafeu your commendations madam get from her tears countess tis the best brine a maiden can season her praise in the remembrance of her father never approaches her heart but the tyranny of her sorrows takes all livelihood from her cheek no more of this helena Go to no more, lest it be rather thought you affect a sorrow than to have. Helena, I do affect a sorrow indeed, but I have it too. Lafeu. Moderate lamentation is the right of the dead. Excessive grief the enemy to the living countess if the living be enemy to the grief the excess makes it soon mortal bertram madam i desire your holy wishes lafeu how understand we that countess be thou blest bertram and succeed thy father in manners as in shape. Thy blood and virtue contend for empire in thee, and thy goodness share with thy birthright. Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none, be able for thine enemy rather in power than use, and keep thy friend under thy own life's key. Be checked for silence but never taxed for speech. What heaven more will That thee may furnish And my prayers plucked down Fall on thy head Farewell My lord, tis an unseasoned courtier Good, my lord, advise him Lafeu He cannot want the best That shall attend his love Countess Heaven bless him. Farewell, Bertram. Exit. Bertram. The best wishes that can be forged in your thoughts be servants to you. To Helena. Be comfortable to my mother, your mistress, and make much of her. Lafeu farewell pretty lady you must hold the credit of your father exeunt bertram and lafeu helena oh were that all i think not on my father and these great tears grace his remembrance more than those i shed for him what was he like i have forgot him my imagination carries no favour in it but Bertram's. I am undone. There is no living none, if Bertram be away. To all one, that I should love a bright particular star and think to wed it. He is so above me. In his bright radiance and collateral light must I be comforted, not in his sphere. The ambition in my love thus plagues itself. The hind that would be mated by the lion must die for love twas pretty though a plague to see him every hour to sit and draw his arched brows his hawking eye his curls in our heart's table heart too capable of every line and trick of his sweet favour but now he's gone and my idolatrous fancy must sanctify his relics who comes here enter parolles aside one that goes with him i love him for his sake and yet i know him a notorious liar think him a great way fool solely a coward yet these fixed evils sit so fit in him that they take place when virtue's steely bones looks bleak i the cold wind Withal, full oft we see cold wisdom waiting on superfluous folly parolles save you fair queen helena and you monarch parolles no helena and no parolles are you meditating on virginity helena aye you have some stain of soldier in you let me ask you a question man is enemy to virginity how may we barricade it against him paroles keep him out helena but he assails and our virginity though valiant in the defence yet is weak unfold to us some warlike resistance parolles there is none man setting down before you will undermine you and blow you up helena bless our poor virginity from underminers and blowers up is there no military policy how virgins might blow up men parolles virginity being blown down man will quicklier be blown up marry in blowing him down again with the breach yourselves made you lose your city it is not politic in the commonwealth of nature to preserve virginity loss of virginity is rational increase and there was never virgin got till virginity was first lost that you were made of is metal to make virgins virginity by being once lost may be ten times found by being ever kept it is ever lost oh, tis too cold a companion away with it helena i will stand for it a little though therefore i die a virgin parolles there's little can be said in it tis against the rule of nature to speak on the part of virginity always to accuse your mothers of which is most infallible disobedience he that hangs himself is a virgin virginity murders itself and should be buried in highways out of all sanctified limit as a desperate offendress against nature virginity breeds mites much like a cheese consumes itself to the very paring and so dies with feeding his own stomach besides virginity is peevish proud idle made of self-love which is the most inhibited sin in the canon keep it not you cannot choose but lose by it out with it within ten year it will make itself ten which is a goodly increase and the principle itself not much the worse away with it helena how might one do sir to lose it to her own liking parolles let me see marry ill to like him that ne'er it likes or tis a commodity will lose the gloss with lying the longer kept the less worth off with it while tis vendible. answer the time of request Virginity, like an old courtier wears her cap out of fashion richly suited but unsuitable just like the brooch and the toothpick, which wear not now, your date is better in your pie and your porridge than in your cheek, and your virginity, your old virginity, is like one of our French withered pears. It looks ill, it eats dryly, marry tis a withered pear. it was formerly better marry yet tis a withered pear. Will you anything with it, Helena, not my virginity yet there shall your master have a thousand loves a mother and a mistress and a friend a phoenix captain and an enemy a guide a goddess and a sovereign a counsellor a traitress and a dear his humble ambition proud humility his jarring concord and his discord dulcet his faith his sweet disaster with a world of pretty fond adoptious christendoms that blinking cupid gossips now shall he i know not what he shall god send him well the court's a learning-place and he is one parolles what one if eh? helena that i wish well tis pity parolles what's pity helena that wishing well had not a body in it which might be felt that we the poorer born whose baser stars do shut us up in wishes might with effects of them follow our friends and show what we alone must think which never returns us thank enter page page monsieur parolles my lord calls for you exit page parolles little helen farewell if i can remember thee i will think of thee at court helena monsieur parolles you were born under a charitable star parolles under mars i helena i especially think under mars parolles why under mars helena the wars hath so kept you under that you must needs be born under mars parolles when he was predominant helena when he was retrograde i think rather parolles why think you so helena you go so much backward when you fight parolles that's for advantage Helena. So is running away, when fear proposes the safety, but the composition that your valour and fear makes in you is a virtue of a good wing, and I like the wear well. Parolles. I am so full of business, I cannot answer thee acutely. I will return, perfect courtier, in the which my instruction shall serve to naturalise thee, so thou wilt be capable of a courteous counsel, and understand what advice shall thrust upon thee, else thou diest in thine unthankfulness, and thine ignorance makes thee away. Farewell. When thou hast leisure, say thy prayers. When thou hast none, remember thy friends. Get thee a good husband, and use him as he uses thee. So, farewell. Exit. Helena. our remedies often ourselves do lie which we ascribe to heaven the fated sky gives us free scope only doth backward pull our slow designs when we ourselves are dull what power is it which mounts my love so high that makes me see and cannot feed mine eye the mightiest space in fortune nature brings to join like likes and kiss like native things. Impossible be strange attempts to those That weigh their pains in sense, And do suppose what hath been cannot be, Who ever strove to show her merit That did miss her love, The king's disease. My project may deceive me, But my intents are fixed And will not leave me. Exit. Scene two, Paris, the king's palace, flourish of cornets, enter the king of France with letters and divers attendants. King, the Florentines and Sanois are by the ears, have fought with equal fortune and continue a braving war. First Lord so tis reported sir king nay 'tis tis most credible we here receive it a certainty vouched from our cousin austria with caution that the florentine will move us for speedy aid wherein our dearest friend prejudicates the business and would seem to have us make denial first lord, his love and wisdom, approved so to your majesty, may plead for amplest credence. King, he hath armed our answer, and Florence is denied before he comes. Yet, for our gentlemen that mean to see the Tuscan service, freely have they leave, to stand on either part second lord it well may serve a nursery to our gentry who are sick for breathing and exploit king what's he comes here enter bertram laffer and Parolles. first lord it is the count Roussillon, my good lord young bertram king youth thou bearest thy father's face frank nature rather curious than in haste hath well composed thee thy father's moral parts mayest thou inherit too welcome to Paris, bertram my thanks and duty are your majesties king i would i had that corporal soundness now as when thy father and myself in friendship first tried our soldiership he did look far into the service of the time and was discipled of the bravest he lasted long but on us both did haggish age steal on and wore us out of act it much repairs me to talk of your good father in his youth he had the wit which i can well observe to-day in our young lords but they may jest till their own scorn return to them unnoted ere they can hide their levity in honour so like a courtier, contempt nor bitterness were in his pride or sharpness, if they were, his equal had awaked them and his honour clocked to itself, knew the true minute when exception bid him speak. And at this time his tongue obeyed his hand who were below him he used as creatures of another place and bowed his eminent top to their low ranks making them proud of his humility in their poor praise he humbled such a man might be a copy to these younger times which followed well, would demonstrate them now but goers backward. Bertram. His good remembrance, sir, lies richer in your thoughts than on his tomb. So in a proof lives not his epitaph as in your royal speech. King. Would I were with him he would always say methinks i hear him now his plausive words he scattered not in ears but grafted them to grow there and to bear let me not live this his good melancholy oft began on the catastrophe and heel of past time when it was out let me not live Quoth he, after my flame lacks oil to be the snuff of younger spirits, whose apprehensive senses all but new things disdain, whose judgments are mere fathers of their garments, whose constancies expire before their fashions. This he wished. I, after him, do after him wish too. Since I nor wax nor honey can bring home, I quickly were dissolved from my hive To give some labourers room. Second Lord Your loved, sir. They that least lend it you shall lack you first. King I fill a place, I know it. How long is't count? since the physician at your father's died he was much famed bertram some six months since my lord king if he were living i would try him yet lend me an arm the rest have worn me out with several applications nature and sickness debate it at their leisure welcome count my son's no dearer bertram thank your majesty exeunt flourish scene three Roussillon, the count's palace Enter Countess, Steward, and Clown. Countess, I will now hear. What say you of this gentlewoman, Steward? Madam, the care I have had to even your content, I wish might be found in the calendar of my past endeavours. For then we wound our modesty, And make foul the clearness of our deservings. One of ourselves we publish them. COUNTESS What does this knave here? Get you gone, Sarah. The complaints I have heard of you I do not all believe. Tis my slowness that I do not, for I know you lack not folly to commit them, and have ability enough to make such knaveries as yours. CLOWN Tis not unknown to you, madam. I am a poor fellow countess well sir clown no madam tis not so well that i am poor though many of the rich are damned but if i may have your ladyship's good will to go to the world isbel the woman and i will do as we may countess wilt thou needs be a beggar clown I do beg your good will in this case. Countess. In what case? Clown. In Isabel's case, and mine own. Service is no heritage, and I think I shall never have the blessing of God till I have issue and my body, for they say babes are blessings. Countess. Tell me thy reason why thou wilt marry. Clown my poor body madam requires it i am driven on by the flesh and he must needs go that the devil drives countess is this all your worship's reason clown faith madam i have other holy reasons such as they are countess may the world know them clown i have been madam a wicked creature as you and all flesh and blood are and indeed i do marry that i may repent countess thy marriage sooner than thy wickedness clown i am out of friends madam and i hope to have friends for my wife's sake countess such friends are thine enemies knave clown ye are shallow madam in great friends for the knaves come to do that for me which I am a-weary of he that ears my land spares my team and gives me leave to in the crop if I be his cuckold he's my drudge HE THAT COMFORTS MY WIFE IS THE CHERISHER OF MY FLESH AND BLOOD. HE THAT CHERISHES MY FLESH AND BLOOD LOVES MY FLESH AND BLOOD. HE THAT LOVES MY FLESH AND BLOOD IS MY FRIEND. EGO, HE THAT KISSES MY WIFE IS MY FRIEND. IF MEN COULD BE CONTENTED TO BE WHAT THEY ARE, THERE WERE NO FEAR IN MARRIAGE. For young charbon the puritan and old poissam the papist howsomever their hearts are severed in religion their heads are both one they may jowl horns together like any deer of the herd countess wilt thou ever be a foul-mouthed and calumnious knave clown a prophet I, madam and I speak the truth the next way. For either ballad will repeat, Which men for true shall find, Your marriage comes by destiny, Your cuckoo sings by kind. Countess, get you gone, sir, I'll talk with you more anon. Steward, may it please you, madam, That he bid Helen come to you, Of her I am to speak countess sarah tell my gentlewoman i would speak with her helen i mean clown was this fair face the cause quoth she why the grecian sacked troy fondant and fond was this king priam's joy with that she sighed as she stood with that she sighed as she stood and gave this sentence then among nine bad if one be good among nine bad if one be good there's yet one good in ten countess what one good in ten you corrupt the song sirrah. clown one good woman in ten madam which is a purifying of the song would god would serve the world so all the year we'd find no fault with the tied woman if i were the parson one in ten quoth I, and we might have a good woman born before every blazing star or at an earthquake twould mend the lottery well a man may draw his heart out ere a plot one. countess you'll be gone sir knave and do as i command you clown that man should be at woman's command, and yet no hurt done. Though honesty be no Puritan, yet it will do no hurt. It will wear the surplus of humility over the black gown of a big heart. I'm going, forsooth. The business is for Helen to come hither. EXIT COUNTESS well now steward i know madam you love your gentlewoman entirely countess faith i do her father bequeathed her to me and she herself without other advantage may lawfully make title to as much love as she finds there is more owing her than is paid and more shall be paid her than she'll demand steward. Madam, I was very late more near her than I think she wished me. Alone she was, and did communicate to herself her own words, to her own ears. She thought I dare vow for her. They touched not any stranger sense. Her matter was, she loved your son. Fortune, she said, was no goddess that had put such difference betwixt their two estates. Love, no god, that would not extend his might Only where qualities were level. Diana, no queen of virgins, That would suffer her poor knight's surprised, Without rescue in the first assault, Or ransom afterward. This she delivered, in the most bitter touch of sorrow, That e'er I heard virgin exclaim in, which I hold my duty Speedily to acquaint you with all. So thence, In the loss that may happen, It concerns you something To know it. Countess, You have discharged this honestly, Keep it to yourself. Many likelihoods informed me Of this before, Which hung so tottering In the balance That I could neither believe Nor misdoubt. Pray you, leave me stall this in your bosom and i thank you for your honest care i will speak with you further anon exit steward enter helena even so it was with me when i was young if ever we are natures these are ours this thorn doth to our rose of youth rightly belong our blood to us this to our blood is born. It is the show and seal of nature's truth, Where love's strong passion is impressed in youth. By our remembrances of days foregone, Such were our faults, or then we thought them none. Her eye is sick on it. I observe her now. Helena. What is your pleasure, madam? Countess you know helen i am a mother to you helena mine honourable mistress countess nay a mother why not a mother when i said a mother methought you saw a serpent what's in mother that you start at it i say i am your mother and put you in the catalogue of those that were and wombed mine tis often seen Adoption strives with nature, And choice breeds a native slip to us From foreign seeds. You ne'er oppressed me with a mother's groan, Yet I expressed to you a mother's care. God's mercy, maiden! Does it curd thy blood to say I am thy mother? What's the matter, that this distempered messenger of wet, The many-coloured iris, rounds thine eye? Why, that you are my daughter?' helena that i am not countess i say i am your mother helena pardon madam the count roussillon cannot be my brother i am from humble he from honoured name no note upon my parents his all noble my master my dear lord he is and i his servant live and will his vassal die he must not be my brother COUNTESS. NOR I YOUR MOTHER. HELENA. YOU ARE MY MOTHER, MADAM, WOULD YOU WERE, SO THAT MY LORD YOUR SON WERE NOT MY BROTHER, INDEED MY MOTHER, OR WERE YOU BOTH OUR MOTHERS, I CARE NO MORE for THAN I DO FOR HEAVEN, SO I WERE NOT HIS SISTER, CAN IT NO OTHER BUT I YOUR DAUGHTER, HE MUST BE MY BROTHER? COUNTESS. YES, HELEN, YOU MIGHT BE MY DAUGHTER-IN-LAW, god shield you mean it not daughter and mother so strive upon your pulse what pale again my fear hath catched your fondness now i see the mystery of your loneliness and find your salt tears head now to all sense tis gross you love my son invention is ashamed against the proclamation of thy passion to say thou dost not therefore tell me true but tell me then tis so, for look thy cheeks confess it the one to the other, and thine eyes see it so grossly shown in thy behaviours, that in their kind they speak it. Only sin and hellish obstinacy tie thy tongue, that truth should be suspected. Speak, is so? if it be so you have wound a goodly clue if it be not forswear it howe'er i charge thee as heaven shall work in me for thine avail to tell me truly helena good madam pardon me countess do you love my son helena your pardon noble mistress Countess, love you my son? Helena, do not you love him, madam? Countess, go not about. My love hath in it a bond whereof the world takes note. Come, come, disclose the state of your affection, for your passions have to the fuller peach. Helena, then I confess. Here on my knee, before high heaven and you, That before you, and next unto high heaven, I love your son. My friends were poor but honest, so is my love. Be not offended, for it hurts not him That he is loved of me. I follow him not by any token of presumptuous suit, Nor would I have him till I do deserve him, Yet never know how that desert should be. I know I love in vain, Strive against hope. Yet in this captious and intenable sieve I still pour in the waters of my love, And lack not to lose still. Thus, Indian-like, Religious in mine error, I adore the sun That looks upon his worshipper But knows of him no more. My dearest madam, Let not your hate encounter with my love, loving way you do. But if yourself, whose aged honour sights a virtuous youth, did ever in so true a flame of liking, wish chastely and love dearly, that your Diane was both herself and love, oh, then give pity to her, whose state is such that cannot choose, but lend and give, where she is sure to lose, that seeks not to find that her search implies, but riddle-like, lives sweet where she dies countess had you not lately an intent speak truly to go to paris helena madam i had countess wherefore tell true helena i will tell truth by grace itself i swear you know my father left me some prescriptions of rare and proved effects such as his reading and manifest experience had collected for general sovereignty, and that he willed me, in heedfullest reservation, to bestow them as notes whose faculties inclusive were more than they were in note. Amongst the rest there is a remedy, approved, set down, to cure the desperate languishings whereof the king is rendered lost. COUNTESS this was your motive for paris was it speak helena my lord your son made me to think of this else paris and the medicine and the king had from the conversation of my thoughts haply been absent then countess but think you helen if you should tender your supposed aid he would receive it he and his physicians are of a mind he that they cannot help him they that they cannot help how shall they credit a poor unlearned virgin when the schools embowelled of their doctrine have let off the danger to itself helena there's something in it more than my father's skill which was the greatest of his profession that his good receipt shall for my legacy be sanctified by the luckiest stars in heaven and would your honour but give me leave to try success, I'd venture the well-lost life of mine On his grace's cure by such a day and hour. COUNTESS Dost thou believe it? HELENA Ay, madam, knowingly. COUNTESS Why, Helen, thou shalt have my leave and love, Means and attendance, and my loving greetings To those of mine in court. I'll stay at home, and pray God's blessing into thy attempt, begone to-morrow, and be sure of this. What I can help thee to, thou shalt not miss Exeon. End of Act one.